1: about what it means to create an authentic workplace for today's employees. Demma Burgess, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: It is a pleasure to be with you today. I'm super excited to have a nice conversation. We're going to be discussing what it means to create an authentic workplace for today's employees. I'm south of Salt Lake City. Where are you joining us from today, Gemma? Uh,
0: Chicago, downtown Chicago, today in a very empty office.
1: Ah, yeah. I love Chicago, and uh, downtown is beautiful. So I'm a little envious. As we get started, I just wanted to share Gemma's bio with everybody. Gemma Burgess is chief executive officer of Ferguson Partners and leads Ferguson Partners global business based in the firm's New York office. Gemma is actively involved in the firm's executive and board search practice and works closely with private equity, investment management, real estate investment trust, structured finance, hedge fund, and investment banking clients. A huge advocate for diversity across the industry, Gemma has consistently placed gender diverse candidates at a rate of 50%, known no easy task within an industry that was slow to take on the initiative. A regular speaker and writer on the topic, she is now turning her attentions to the Ethnic Diversity Challenge. Relocated from the London office more than eight years ago, Gemma possesses a deep understanding of the international markets and the global flow of both institutional and non-institutional capital in the real estate industry. Prior to joining Ferguson Partners in 2007, she spent two years at Hanson Green working on non-executive appointments and two years at Ramsey Hall working as a generalist within executive search. What a tremendous background, a pleasure again to have you. Anything else you would like to share with me or my listeners uh, before we dive on into the conversation? I
0: think you did a great job. Thanks, Tom.
1: Okay, well, wonderful. So let's start with framing up the the topic for today, um, we're going to be discussing what it means to create an authentic workplace for today's employees. And perhaps we should start by talking about authentic. What we mean, what we mean by authentic, and why that is important uh, to people today.
0: Yeah, I, and it's a it's a, a term that you know seems to be in more regular um, vocab and, and dialogue these days, which is which is great to to hear. Um, People ask me this all the time, like, what is it to create an authentic um, workplace? And and the simplest way that I can put it is to create an environment, a culture where everyone can turn up as their true selves, that they're not pretending to be someone else or something else to fit in with the status quo. So I think it's sort of embracing the differences of all of us and allowing people to, to show up as the same person in the office as they are um, at home.
1: Yeah, that may, might seem like an obvious no-brainer, like, duh, of course we should be doing that, but that's not traditionally how businesses have worked. Uh, there, traditionally, at least my experience has been, and the experience of many I've talked to, that you're expected to show up and be quote-unquote professional at work, and that you check your emotions at the door, any of the stuff that's going on in your home life, uh, in your social life, any of that stuff, just leave it behind, come to work, do your work, uh, and then you can deal with that when you leave. And the reality is that just doesn't work for us. For most people, most people have complex integrated lives. And if you're trying to bring your whole self to the workplace and, and really bring your passions and your energies and everything to the work that you do to be creative and innovative, it's a package deal. And and, and I know that means it's more messy and, and organizations and leaders sometimes want to mitigate the messiness as much as possible, but it's just the reality. And I think in, before the pandemic, many uh, individuals just accepted that for the way it is that's just the way I have to to live my life and how my work life is going to be uh, but over the last couple of years people have reassessed and they realized no that's actually not the way it needs to be that was unhealthy that wasn't sustainable mm-hmm. uh, and people as they've taken stock and and you know really paid attention to their values and reprioritized, uh, they they've decided they're not going to put up with that anymore, and so that's a big driver behind the Great Resignation, the Great Reevaluation, uh, and ultimately, we we have to find ways as leaders and within organizations to create a truly authentic workplace. Yeah. How do we go about doing that?
0: Yes, yeah, so and it boils down to trying to um, to create an environment and a culture where people live without fear. Um, You know, the reason why people have historically tried to fit in um, is because they didn't want to be held back for not being considered for promotions. Um, They wanted to, um, you know, they wanted to replicate the behaviors and the interests of people they saw around them. And I think this is true, you know, even even back, you know, 15 years ago when I joined the industry, um, I didn't go to an ivy league college and i and i and I certainly didn't have a family that were within real estate and I kept my personal life very secret from the industry for for a very long time and it was only recently you know at a conference um where I was a, a speaker that I sort of you know shared with folks like my own personal background and and journey. And I literally probably had like 200 people reach out to me afterwards and just say, like, this is so interesting. How have we never known this about you? We've known you for 15 years. Um, and it's because, you you know, fear of not being able to be accepted or to be able to progress in an industry that has historically been um, very closed to folks from outside of the, the real estate industry. But I, I think that fear is hopefully... Um, uh, evaporating, and and people leaders across the industry are truly encouraging their their folks to, to to turn up as their authentic self. And I think there's a lot of a lot of a lot of colleagues across the industry that want to be great allies for individuals that do show up as their authentic self. And and I think those are the two things that are key: is that there's got to be the right. Encouragement from leadership, and there's got to be the right support from your um, from the colleagues across a, across a company um, to give people the confidence that they can be their authentic self, and that there will not be any negative um, effect upon their career by doing so.
1: Yeah. That's, and that's a tricky thing. You know, I'm a straight cisgender white dude. And so I got the layers of privilege in my Mm -hmm. favor when it comes to just navigating career development and growth. Mm -hmm. Um, but you, you, you think about how you're going to navigate if you're a female or a female, um, a a woman of color or, you know, someone, uh, who identifies as LGBTQIA plus or whatever, you know, whatever, the 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 category is, and all of a sudden it, it becomes infinitely more complex and challenging. And I, I think about you know I have a large family, I have six children. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody, well, I, I take that back. I, it's come up one time, one time in one job search where someone you know said I'm too much of a family man. But other than that, it's <laughs> never been an it's never been an issue. It's never mm-hmm. been an issue. No one's ever noticed or cared. But mm-hmm. I guarantee you, it's come up for my wife. Mm -hmm. Um, and as she's tried to navigate and, and so people, you know, you either set up this dynamic where people have to hide who they Mm -hmm. are and key aspects of their life, or you create an environment where everyone is needed, wanted, valued, given the opportunity to contribute to bring their whole selves to work. And we value the differences among us, among us. And we recognize how that's going to drive better thinking and, and, uh, innovation in the, in our teams. Um, And that's just one little example, right? But there's just so many of those around us. And so we have, like you said, we have to create that safe space. And, you know, I think a lot about psychological safety in the workplace and how we go about establishing that. And it really does come back to vulnerability and authenticity. If we don't have an atmosphere where people can be appropriately vulnerable with each other, where they can be authentic, um, there's not going to be trust that's built over time. And, and people are going to, to put on a mask when they show up to work and that's just the way it is.
0: Yeah, and it's tricky, right? Because if you are in a workforce that is not very diverse to begin with, Um, and you sort of look around the room and there's not other folks being their authentic self that looks different to sort of the status quo, then that can be a challenge. So obviously, you know, arm in arm with sort of building authenticity and, and finding allies across the industry, we've also just got to continue the good work to make our industry as diverse as it possibly can be. And I think that's diverse with regard to, you know, gender, race, ethnicity, sexual preference, all of those things that you mentioned. mentioned, um, John. But I also think it has to be a little bit about um, bringing uh, different mindsets to work. And and I think um, socioeconomic diversity is a massive piece that we can all do a lot with respect to across the industry. Um, You know, hiring out of community colleges, um, setting up internships with local community colleges, like getting the real estate industry out to folks that have never thought of it, heard of it, I think is a big piece of this for us as an industry to build a pipeline. Uh, of people that are black and brown, but also of folks that um, don't know what it's like to uh, grow up with money in the bank and security over their heads. And, and uh, to me, this is a big piece that I think will be con- continue, hopefully continue to be a conversation in the in the boardrooms of, of our industry. So I think it's um, it's important to to add socioeconomic diversity, as well as all of the other pieces that we've been talking about.
1: Yeah. And in, in addition to socioeconomic, um, as we think about, uh, just different, uh, forms of cognitive diversity and yes. just so many different things, right. Um, the, the point is not to just have a big, long checklist of let's make sure we have every single person, you know, we have something, rep- someone represented from every single thing mm-hmm. that that's not the point. And, and that, Becomes a game that isn't productive, uh, but uh, if we have a, a mindset in our organization truly towards you know a value of diversity, then that will go a really long way in making sure that we're being more fair and equitable in our hiring processes and our uh, promoting of individuals and giving access to resources and all of those sorts of things. Um, and again, I, I think the two go hand in hand when when we create. When, when, we, when we focus on DEI stuff and, and, and creating a culture of belonging within the workplace, I think that goes hand in hand with creating a workplace that's more authentic, where people can be their true authentic self and bring that uh, bringing who they are to the work that they do. Maybe we're taking it for granted here, but w- perhaps for a few minutes, we need, need to just address why, why does this matter? Why is it important to create an authentic workplace for today's employees? Why? Why do millennial and Gen Z uh, individuals in the workforce um, need this as as a key component to their their employee experience?
0: Why do they need this and why do they need this now, I guess, are the two questions that I would sort of ask. And I think whilst, um, you know, COVID had many of us locked away for for a very long time, um, we are now, you know, in a lot of instances, folks are encouraging uh, their team members to come back into the office and spend some time together. And I think as any leader of any organization would say that having, you know, osmosis and and teams being able to collaborate in person is, is a good thing for their business you know that's where the innovation comes from that's where you know opportunity is 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 sought and found within an organization so now leaders are faced with the the situation where they want to get people back in the office um and therefore they've got to make the office an enjoyable place to be and i and i think that that um want and need for people to enjoy being in the office and enjoy spending time with their colleagues Um, you know right now after covid means that now is a good time if you haven't done this already that it's something that will be important to ensure that you can you know have folks wanting to be in the office and be together So that's one piece of it, the timing piece of it, it feels like it's sort of critical now kind of post COVID or can we say post COVID these days, I'm not quite sure, but um, at least kind of, you know, post vaccinations and and, and folks being willing and able to be back in the, the office together. I think the bigger picture of like, why is it important um, is I truly don't think that we can solve the de i issues across our industry unless we first of all solve for authenticity and, and finding allies across the industry. Because it doesn't matter how great you are at recruiting. Um, if you can find diverse folks that can join your organization, that's, that's great. But bigger than that is they've got to really embrace the company embrace the culture kind of want to be there and if you don't you know if you don't encourage the authentic self piece then ultimately they're probably never going to be that happy like we all know what it's like when you're you know putting on that mask every day and it's exhausting for folks when you've got to not only think about getting your job done but remembering how to uh you know correct an accent or pronounce something in the right way or not talk about what you're doing over the weekend because of fear of um, how that will affect your future career. I can only imagine, and I don't know the half of it, I'm sure, like how exhausting that is for an individual. Um, So, yeah, I think why now, I think post-COVID, and I think why is it important? Because if we don't fix this, then we truly will never fix the DE&I issues across across the industry.
1: Yeah, and I I really think that younger people entering the workforce or who are early in their career they just demand this kind of an environment. Um, certainly, the DEI conversations—that's just an expectation. That's not like a good to have. Like we need to work on this. It's like it better be this way, or I'm not going to work for that company. <laughs> um, oh. and, and and in ter- in terms of of the authenticity, people, you know, younger people—they're not. I mean, I, I'm, I'm generalizing here, of course, but generally speaking, younger people aren't willing to hide their tattoos. They're not willing to, you know, mask their sexuality or their gender expression. They're not willing to do those things. Like they want to be able to just be who they are and show up to work and then do the work, like do good job, do a good work and do a good job and, and develop themselves get coached, get mentored, you know, get the training, get the upskilling needed so they can be successful. They, they want to show up and, and, and do the work. Uh, they just don't want to have to go through all the layers of pretending and, and obfuscating, you know, who they truly are. And so if we don't create an authentic workplace environment, we're just going to lose out on good young talent. Period. I, I, I'm not sure if there's a more nuanced way to, to view it. Honestly, I'm not a very black and white kind of person. But when it comes to this issue, I, mm. I we, we are already seeing younger people voting with their feet in mass, and they just aren't willing to work with companies that uh, aren't focusing on this.
0: It's so true. Motivations, values and preferences are very different today or for the younger generations than it has been historically. I think a lot of folks would say they'd much prefer to earn a few less dollars um, and work at a place where their values um, and preferences and motivations align with the people around them. Um, And therefore, if you um as a as a leadership team or as an organization if you are not if you are not taking your corporate responsibilities very seriously and that can be sort of outreach into um, into the local community that can be donations to to charities it can be any any of those things but if if someone doesn't see that there then they either won't join join your company or they'll leave your company Um, and you know, just the the, the whole kind of um, ethos about why people go to work and how they go to work has rapidly changed, and I th- and I think it will continue to, to rapidly evolve over the next few years. And again, some of that might be due to, to COVID um, for sure, but I, I think also some of it is just down to um, you know folks having you know pr- placing a, a an importance on other things more than just money and, and their and their role. Um, and therefore, I so you've, you've got to create an environment where people can be proud to say that they work at your company and that they can very publicly, you know, share with their friendship group and their families, et cetera, kind of what that company stands for. Um, and I don't think uh, even 10 years ago that most folks would have even asked those kind of questions in, in interviews. But right now, that's kind of top of the list of, of what people are, are asking the, the firms that they're potentially joining.
1: I I feel like I'm I'm kind of a millennial Gen Z at heart. I'm I'm a, t- a trailing uh, Gen X. Some people call it the Zennial generation. Right, kind of right in between the the Gen X and the millennials. Anyways, I, I'm a university professor, so I'm around younger people all the time, and maybe that's part of it. But I, I've been telling um, students for years, you know, as I'm mentoring students and and uh, just thinking through career opportunities and development, like when you go interview for a job, you are interviewing them as much as they are interviewing you. And that is really the mindset you should have. And depending on the the economic outlook and the labor market, that's sometimes a hard thing to stick to. uh, If you're kind of desperate for a job and they're, you know, it's, it's, it's hard out there to find work. And I totally get that. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's not the environment we're in right now. People have options. And even if it's tighter, I still would recommend to people like ask those hard questions to the employer, ask to the people who are interviewing you. uh, What is their social mission? You know, what are their core values? How are they demonstrated? And how are, how are those values lived out in the workplace each and every day? Uh, You know, ask those hard questions because you do not want to be at an organization that you, you can't mesh with it. They, organizations talk about fit all the time. They know how important it is. The same thing goes for you, Uh, especially early on in your career. If you want to be on a good trajectory and be able to develop yourself, you need to be at a place where you can actually uh, thrive. And and more and more, because of shifting priorities and values of younger people, you know, that kind of the traditional old model organization isn't necessarily the place where they see themselves thriving. And so we either as organizational leaders um, we either need to figure out a way to, to develop these cultures and environments, the employee experience that is conducive, or we're going to pay the price. Well, Gemma, this has just been a really great conversation. I know at the time I'm going to have to let you go here in just a minute. Um, but before we wrap things up for today, I wanted to give you a chance to share with my audience, how they can connect with you, find out more about your work, and then give us a final word on the topic for today.
0: Fantastic. Thanks, John. Yeah, you can check out our Ferguson Partners website where all of our contact details are available. Also find us on, on LinkedIn um, and other social media. Um, I guess my final sort of words on, on this topic is it, it's kind of OK for firms to throw up their hands here and say they've done a terrible job at this in the past. I think it's OK to ask for help as to how to navigate through some of these topics that might be newer to an organization. I think what's really key is that you communicate what you're doing with your employees and that you have a very um, open dialogue about it. Like measure it, get some metrics, get some stats, and then redo that again on an annual basis. Like be very public about where you are failing and where there's still opportunity to, to improve and what small wins that you've got. Like celebrate those small wins together. I think that transparency, like owning this piece, is the only way that every firm is going to be able to move forward with regard to this topic. Um, and sometimes this starts with some very difficult conversations. And, you know, if, if if individuals, companies, leaders kind of want help and advice and counsel on this, then, then reach out to us because it's obviously very important to, to us. And I think we've got some, some great pearls of wisdom that we can share with folks as they navigate through this journey.
1: Wonderful. Thank you so much, Gemma. It's been a real pleasure. I encourage my audience to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Gemma and her team can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Enjoy ad-free listening by going to the Patreon page and please consider contributing even at the producer or sponsorship level.